Hello. Hi. To our, this is silly because we have we have an audience. We do. It's fine. Pay attention. I mean, other than you listening. listeners, we have humans in the background that are not children. Truth. <laughs> Babblers, today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, The Gallery is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. That's 15 capital O capital F capital F. Go to thegallery.com. That's T H E G A L R Y.com. So your wall will never be boring again. So, <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome back to Bloody Babbles Podcast. Hello, Saudi Arabia. Yes. Oh, that blew my mind apart when I saw that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I think that puts us in 34 countries now, I'm pretty sure. And Wales, I see you. I see your numbers growing up. They're coming for you, England. Love it. We thank you. I love all of you. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to talk to me, but nobody will. And I get it. It's fine. Okay, so here's a point to say. Email us at bloodybabblespodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Come talk to us. Come be us. all friends. Yes. Because we love you. And you're obviously listening to us. And we just want to know what your beautiful face looks like. We want to know if you've got stories you would like us to look up, too. Mm-hmm. This story today is not she one bet. that was requested, but... um. You know what? I'm going to edit that whole thing out. Okay. They're not even know what I'm talking That's about right now. Okay. Boom. So this is episode 29. Yep. 29. I remember being 29. Okay. I will be 29 in two years. <laughs> so because we don't have anyone, any listeners in Hawaii, yes. I looked up a Hawaiian case and then I ended up finding out it was unsolved and I got real, real excited. I'm pretty freaking thrilled. Um, I've read a little bit into it. Uh, my notes are kind of, you know, all over the place because that's who I am as a person. But we are going to head to Hawaii. So aloha. 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 So this uh, story that I found, it starts off. Oh, hey. I don't ever have that noise on. But so you may hey, have actually girl. may have heard my dryer. And said hello. Um, so uh, it says Hawaii is often considered to be safer than mo- than many lo- locales. Locales? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. In the continental unit. Oh my god. Um. Okay. Okay. So anyways. So um, this uh, Hawaii saying, is usually a safe place. But the Aloha State isn't all rainbows and tropical flowers. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) So we are traveling back 30 years. Older than me. It's fine. Younger than me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To the beautiful island of Oahu. Um, Never been. Have you ever been to Hawaii? I have not. I have not. My, um, I call him my brother, but he's not my brother, but I've known him his entire life. Oh, but your brother has been to Hawaii. Just oh, yeah, I there. forgot that my actual <laughs> brother has been there and he went 
for a baseball tournament when he was a teenager and he came back with mostly, sorry, videos and pictures of girls' butts instead of... and finding out that he was going to be a father. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. I forgot about that part. (laughs) I was also eight, so... (laughs) So, Hawaii's first known serial killer, the Honolulu Stranger, Strangler, I'm fine. (laughs) Well, he wasn't known. He was a stranger. (laughs) He's an unknown, so he's a stranger strangler. Oh, my God. Who was responsible for the murders of five women between 1985 and 1986 and was never caught. That really was not that long ago. So, all of these girls... Um, had, they were all found in similar ways. I'm going to go through each of their stories and kind of talk a little bit about them. Um, their ages ranged between 17 and 36 and came from all different walks of life. So like sometimes like killers, you know, tend to have like a specific type or like Mm -hmm. Ted Bundy, like, Mm -hmm. uh, brunette, I think was his thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's actually when this episode will be airing is on his birthday. Well, I celebrate it. Just saying. I remember last year I put his picture as my profile picture. And my mom's like, why Ted Bundy? I'm like, because it's his birthday. And she said, gross. And I mean, like, I don't disagree, but I'm also a disturbed human. So it's fine. She's not lying, So No, I'm not. So we're going to meet our first victim. Her name was Vicki Gale Purdy. Aw, was she pretty? <laughs> That's <literally> exactly <laughs> what I'm like. she was pretty. I didn't look these girls' faces up, but I will she add was. them on our Instagram like I always do. She was 25 years old, and she was married to Gary Purdy. He was an Army helicopter pilot. Ooh. She had left to go clubbing in Waikiki on May 29, 1985. That's seven days left on my birthday, but I wasn't born yet, but it's fine. She was last seen alive by a taxi driver who drove her to the Shorebird Hotel at midnight where she went to get her car. The car was later found in the parking lot and her body was discovered the next morning on an embankment at Kihi Lagoon, which is the picture that they show of someone kayaking in it. Okay, so his first victim, having no idea how all these play out, he's not one to hide them. He's going to put nope, that, gonna, at least this one's out in the open. So It's kind of how the hillside stranglers were. Like they, yeah, made yeah. It, they made it sure that their bodies were going to be seen. So, and okay. all of these... Um, most like well, okay i'm so i'm it's good okay. i'm fine i can read my left eye has been twitching for two days i don't know what's wrong with me it's called stress <laughs> <laughs> that's true and that's probably why my dog is like stress looking my leg right now but it's great <laughs> um so these victims were found with their hands bound behind their backs they had been sexually assaulted and their cause of death was strangulation so there wait a minute it was one person with this case. Or that was not this case. The, this one you just told me was only one person. Yeah. Okay. You said there. There's threw me off. I apologize. There's five five girls that were okay, murdered, so and they were them. all okay. found in the same fashion. Hands behind their back. Spoiler alert. Strangle. <laughs> <laughs> so now this one's the youngest. She's 17-year-old Lehua High School student was the next victim. Her name was Regina Sakamoto. She missed her bus on the morning of January 14th, 1986. She had called her boyfriend at 7.15 to tell him she would be late. Her body was discovered the next day, partially unclothed. If they weren't partially unclothed, I, th- I think they, they're they like, their bottoms were just naked. Mm-hmm. Part- okay, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. You're fine. Keep going. So, partially unclothed, her hands bound and strangled, um... This led police to believe, oh, man, the same killer probably did this because it was nearly identical modus operandi. 
That was Ooh, great. That's special. That's um, sciencey words. Sciencey words. I think it's, I don't know. So then we jumped two weeks later to January 30th. 21-year-old Denise Hughes, a secretary for a telephone company who commuted by bus, didn't show up for work. Her body was found on Moanalua. Okay. Moanalua Stream. And uh, she was found by three fishermen on February 1st, so two days later. It was the third body they discovered that a serial task force was needing to be established to hunt the man down, now referred to as the Honolulu Strangler or the Honolulu Rapist. Okay, like, so that was what I was going to ask. Okay, so... Um, if these girls were found either partially clothed or at least mm -hmm. the bottom one, I was going to ask, was there evidence of rape or yeah. anything? Yeah, okay. they were, yeah, it shows they were sexually assaulted. On to our next. How many, thing. how long was it from the first victim to the second victim? Um, so it was two weeks after the second victim. May 29th, okay. 1985, January 14th, 1986. So that's like almost not quite a year later, yeah. like nine months later, roughly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then two weeks later, so sometimes they have a snooze period. Because I know, like Jeffrey Dahmer did the same thing. Right. BTK went freaking almost decades. Yeah. Far. So um. So now we're okay. So that last one was January 30th, 1986. Um, 25-year-old Luis Maderos had gone to Kauai to meet her family after the death of her mother. On March 26, 1986, she took a red eye back to Oahu and her family um, told her family she would take a bus from the airport to her home in Waipahu. I'm sorry, she was in Waipahu. Oh, you have her. Um, <laughs> she disembarked the airplane and was never seen again. Her decomposing body was found near Waikeli, Waikel, yep, streamed by road workers on April 2nd. Sorry, Hawaiians who hopefully will be listening. We don't know how to pronounce some of these names. No. I don't. So she was found on April 2nd. So that was even before, or no, that was right after. Because these other girls were in January um, in 1986. Her body was found in the same manner as the others. You know, hands bound behind her back, strangled in uh, evidence of sexual assault. Police tried to set up sting operations using police women around both the Honolulu Inter International Airport and the Kihi Lagoon. Kihi. Nice. Aw. She's a face. Her name's Linda. This is the fifth and last known victim was Linda Pesky. Pesk? Pesky? P-E-S-C-E. She was 36 years old who, according to her roommate, left home on the morning of April 29th and was expected home late that evening due to her work meeting. I said that because that's my nephew's birthday. Um, her roommate remorted, I'm fine, reported her missing the next morning when Linda failed to show up for work and her car was parked and found on the side of the Nimitz H1 viaduct. And how old are you? 36. Bidee, bidee, bidee. She was 36 <laughs> God, years old. Pig, Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> oh no, it cut off part of my thing. I hate when it does that. So that was, what did I just say? Did I say Toodles. Okay. April 29th. So, on May 3rd, the informant took police officers to an exact location, but was wrong. Oh, it was, a, they used, like, a psychic to try and go to this Ooh, area, okay. but the psychic was incorrect. So, her body, um, Linda's body was, ended up being found in a different area on the island, and she was naked with her hands tied behind her back. Yeah. So, she was completely So, nude. tied? Not, like... They're just bound behind their back. My God, dog, chill out. They don't want you to go. Like, don't leave me. Um, so 
Um, with the help from FBI and the Green River Task Force, because they did end up finding the Green River Killer, right. the Honolulu Police Department set up a 27-person task force to find the Honolulu Strangler. Um, they profiled this person as an opportunist attacking vulnerable women who were, for example, waiting at bus stops, as opposed to a killer who stalked his victims. It was also thought that he lived or worked in worked in the area of the attacks um, Waipahu or Sand Island. On a loose strangler, unauthorized and uncensored. So, at the time of Pesky's murder, she was the final victim that... What if it's Pesci? Pesci? Maybe. God, I feel bad. Oh, sorry. sorry. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in silent. Miss P. Miss P. <laughs> the police set up roadblocks to question frequent commuters. Witnesses came forward to say that they'd seen a light-colored van and a Caucasian... Caucasian. Gosh. I like how you said Caucasian. Caucasian. Or mixed-race man with... <laughs> Oh my God, I'm sorry. Say it again. <laughs> Caucasian or mixed race man? I'm sorry. What I heard was like, I mean, he could have been black. He could have been Asian. He, he could have been white. He could have been mixed. Anywhere <laughs> from. He was a dog. Four foot nine to seven, seven foot three. three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless it. So, it was, it was a man. As a man, we were very sure. Upon the discovery of Linda's body, the really ugly woman. It's the informant was arrested as the primary suspect on May 9th. Which I mean, usually informants, nine out of ten times they they end up being the killer. But like I said, this is unsolved. He was described as God damn it, Caucasian, middle aged, clean cut, receding hairline, black glasses, polite. Oh, um, that, there's what that. a fine gentleman. Oh, hello. Oh, you killed the lady. That's great. Easy, buddy. Monday, <laughs> Monday. Yeah. By an assistant manager and waitress at the La Mar- okay, hold on, La Mariana Sailing Club, who recounted that he was a regular customer who seemed to be a little too interested in her at the time. I don't know this person's name. This is just someone that was a suspect. Anonymous. Anonymous. She matched his victim type, petite and brunette. One day she was extremely tired at the end of her shift, and he tried. Wait. He tried to convince her to let him give her a ride home. Instead, a local biker who the waitress had gotten to know drove her home on the back of his motorcycle. A few days later, she recounted in a blog post, he was hauled off in cuffs. So they thought they had someone. Um, I'm really annoyed that it didn't print off. I hate when I print off notes instead of just... Um, Pass it again. Okay. Okay. This may be a lo- little off-kilter because I paused to check and make sure I didn't miss something from the article I was reading. So we're talking about the potential suspect. Um, His ex-wife and girlfriend both provided a potentially incriminating fetish clue. Whose ex-wife and girlfriend? I apologize. The the, The suspect? The anonymous suspect. I'm sorry. There wasn't an actual name given. Okay. I'm going to, I might pull something else up and see if I can find something a little bit more in depth. But um, uh, this suspect, um, the girlfriend and ex-wife said he engaged in they engaged in bondage activity with him, allowing him to tie them up and have sex while their hands were bound behind their back. The girlfriend said on nights after they fought, he would leave the house. These were allegedly the same nights as the murders. Oh he lived in Ewa Beach, I think is how you say it, E-W-A, Ewa, Ewa Beach, Ewa Beach, Ewa Beach. You a bitch on a little strangler. God bless it. I love it. I wanted to go Hawaii listeners were going to be like, nope, and worked as a mechanic. <laughs> You can yell at us and tell us how to say it correctly. Please do help me. (laughs) The suspect was interrogated, failed a polygraph test, and was eventually released due to lack of concrete evidence. So, 
Oh, wow. that's so frustrating. So police follow the suspect and a $25,000 reward for info was put out to private businesses. Two months after the suspect's arrest, a woman came forward. To, okay, hold on. Forward claiming that she saw Linda with a man on the night of her murder. She successfully picked the suspect out of a photo lineup. The police believed that they had found their killer, but due to circumstantial evidence, the oh, hold on. unidentified suspect was never charged. Rumor has it that the suspect actually got off on a technicality, moved to California, and shortly after his release, and then he died in 2005. So to this day, no one has been convicted or charged in these five gruesome murders. Do you think the police let the guilty man slip away, or was it somebody else? So... On this other, I went ahead and pulled something up online. Um, for the first victim, Vicky Purdy, um, she, yeah, she was, she was wearing a yellow jumpsuit when they found her body. And her husband said that he suspected her death to be associated with her job because she worked at a video store and they sold pornographic films. And Dirty. Where two, and um, also two women earlier that year had been stead or one year earlier had been stabbed to death oh, in that same area. So it wasn't related to this crime, but still. But that makes sense. That would be, yeah. if, I, if I was the person's spouse, I would, that would be my thought too. Exactly. Hey. So. Yeah. They yeah developed that task force. <laughs> yeah, and then they have the light colored man and a Caucasian or a mixed race man. <laughs> I, can't, sorry. I can't. Either. I can't. I want to know who this, how, they don't even say in here where who the suspect was. That's kind of... Oh, wait! There's more! His name is <laughs> Howard Gay. Well, Howard Gay. He was arrested on May 9th. Sure he's not too gay about So this is the suspect. He has a name, y'all. I'm sorry. This is what happens when Nicole's unprepared. But you know what? This is... I've, I've been wanting to do a... Uh, unsolved one and I was just really was like I was gonna I'm gonna try and pull stories from the states that we don't have because we still have six states that don't listen to us and I would like them to be our friends yeah uh yes yet, yet. so um <laughs> if you also want to hear my favorite murder did a podcast episode on this back in 2018 so if you want to go check them out that is a really popular and pretty fantastic one so if you want to uh, go check them out too be sure to do that but yeah so this yeah 1985 1986 I don't know, Howard Gay. Hmm. You got too many coincidences there, my dude. So how did he just because they didn't have enough evidence? Was yep. there no DNA? Apparently not. That's a bummer. Yeah. So like the one rapist that wore a condom? Yeah, right. What? Gross. What? I mean as sickening as it is to say, I mean that saved him. What essentially. Have, but how many don't? I really thought his death was like really horrific. <laughs> Howard Gay. I want to know how you died. Not Faye. Hello? Gay. Howard Gay. Um, hello? Sydney Howard Gay. No, that's not him. Uh, Honolulu. We'll just type that in. Honolulu. Yes, sir. The killers, yeah, um, became the prime suspect after clues started to add up. How did he die? That's all I want to know. I don't know. Oh, because he's the one who led them to Linda's body is why they suspected that he was the killer. That's so why... So were there too many coincidences? Because he led them to the body? Mm-hmm. This photo... Because he, like, he was a former U.S. Yeah. Known by his middle name rather than his last name. 
His then name is Gay. Howard Gay Dutcher. <laughs> this is a really... It's a fucking name. I almost spit out my drink everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he drove a cream-colored van that looked like the killer. He had access to parachute rope, which I guess was what was used pretty frequently to tie the victims up. Um, I just want to know how he died. I hope it was friggin' aggressive. I hope it was, like, friggin' butt cancer. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, ah, this is a but Howard gave Dutch your butt. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ain't no sugar balls up in here. Oh, sugar sacks. Sugar sacks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> All right. Well, start. Well, that was it was going to be a shorter one for me. If I'm maybe my favorite murder did it more justice than I did, but it was something that was interesting and it was unsolved. I mean, it's not a whole lot you can do with unsolved cases unless you want to like deep dive into like the victim's backgrounds. Maybe I'll do a little bit more on Howard Gay Dutcher. There you go. <laughs> that would be fun. Mm-hmm. And then it, yeah, I think like it, space filler too. But it is kind of nice to you kind of get, in my opinion. To have a little bit of history about these people, like mm-hmm. seven, the seventeen-year-old, she was, you know, <clears throat> right, doing great in high school, ready to go to such and such college. I don't, you know, whatever. It's kind of, kind of get more of a painted picture, and yeah, reaches the hearts of us humans to hopefully, maybe even, um, possibly find more information to, to uh, be able to uh, figure out who the fuck is the one that did the killing and the raping. Exactly. So I think that's fun. I like I like those when they give those backstories on unsolved cases. Me too, one hundred percent. We'll get there one day. One day I'll get my life together. It's happen, guys. I it's don't know. Going. Maybe today, maybe it's tomorrow, home. maybe twenty years from now. Who knows? Oh, girl. Hey. Drinking my stuff. Okay. So remember that rabbit hole that happened last week? Yes. People. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was here. People can present. Hear. Um, so I went and looked up the whole cornflakes thing. <laughs> All right. So cornflakes. When you go and look up why were cornflakes invented, this is what you find out. I will also let you know that I did a little bit more digging, and by doing a little bit more digging, I went to Snopes because they are really great for um being able to figure out facts and and falses. Falsehoods. <laughs> Falsehoods, thank you. Falses. Falsies. Shauna did her research and Nicole did it. Welcome yeah. to the podcast. It was really <laughs> difficult because I just had to scroll a little bit further. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't take a drink because that would have went right all over my soundboard. And that would have not been good for anyone. So here, when you just look it up, it says, fun fact, cornflakes were invented so you'd quit having... Oh, I'm not reading a bat. What does that even mean? Okay, quit having a bat? That's what it says. Literally, I'm not making things... That's what it says right there. Quit having a bat. Um, okay. Isn't that what started the coronavirus? I, yeah, bat? I'm like, this is crazy. Cornflakes, could you save the world? Okay. <laughs> a Please don't come tweet. at me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. A startling tweet from Dan Snow, a.k.a. Um, the history guy. He had... <laughs> I might, be fine, be I might be able to research, but I sure as fuck can't read. <laughs> he answered a question he had a thought to ask. Why were cornflakes invented? I love cornflakes. Cornflakes were introduced... <laughs> Sorry. Plug. Okay. Here you go. Okay. Cornflakes were introduced in the late 19th century, and Kellogg was marketing the breakfast food as a healthy, ready-to-eat, anti-masturbatory morning meal. <laughs> Masturbatory? <laughs> Masturbatory. Mm-hmm. 
they'll masturbate, which Cone's like, so You know what's great with an anti-masturbatory morning meal? Milk. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Apparently, Kellogg was a staunch Seventh-day Adventist who firmly mm -hmm. believed sex, whether alone or with someone, was unhealthy and immoral. And he practiced what he preached, too. He never consummated his marriage. Wept in a separate room to his wife, and all of his children were adopted. Since he believed that meat and rich foods would increase a person's sexual desire, he set about creating plain foods, like cornflakes, to suppress it. He didn't know nothing about meat. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we can't say that Kellogg's plain... Plain? plan worked entirely. We reckon you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who has a bat over a bowl of cereal. I don't know why it says a bat huh. over a bowl of cereal. Okay, so now to the Snoops. To the Snoops! Snoops, Snoops! Boom, shakalaka. Uh, I brought you a Go with your mouth hole. What else would you burp? <laughs> your butthole? My butthole, and it would be a <laughs> bark. I'm fine, guys. It's been a freaking weekend. She's fine. She's crazy. Alright, here we go. Here I'm we go. on that Dr. Pepper crack. Mm. Okay, so now when you go to Snopes, Kellogg's cornflakes were originally created in an effort to discourage American consumers from masturbating. <laughs> and then it says, mostly false. What's true? The creation of cornflakes was part of J.H. Kellogg's broader advocacy for a plain, bland diet. Without referring to cornflakes in particular, Kellogg elsewhere recommended a plain, bland diet as one of the several methods to discourage masturbation. What's false? <laughs> According to the available evidence, cornflakes were primarily created as an easy-to-digest, pre-prepared, and healthy breakfast food, in particular for patients at Kellogg Sanitarium in Michigan. The product was never advertised as a quote-unquote anti-masturbatory morning meal. So in August 2019, we received several inquiries from the readers about a popular piece of history, the origins of the humble cornflakes, the new wave of interest in the invention of the popular American cereal appears to have been prompted by Facebook and Twitter posts that encourage readers to ask Google, why were cornflakes invented? For many readers, entering that question into search engines, I was doing really well and then it just failed. I looked at you, that's what happened. Stop looking at me, swan! Okay. <laughs> Okay, for me, <laughs> that doesn't help. Oh, I contact. <laughs> Look at me. Okay, so uh, into the search engine yielded a popular explanation for the origins of the cereal. Excerpted. Is that the, how you say that? Excerpted? Excerpted? Mm -hmm. Sure. From a 2018 article in the Australian news website, newscom.au. Hey, Australia. Which stated <laughs> that Kellogg invented cornflakes in 1878 in the hope that plain food would stop people masturbating. Mr. <laughs> Kellogg, the man who created cornflakes, produced the cereal in the late 19th century and marketed it as healthy, ready-to-eat, anti-masturbatory morning meal. All in quotations. <clears throat> the, did they it on the box? No. Here, And this is okay. where the Snopes gets their all. So the claim that John Harvey Kellogg created cornflakes for their supposed masturbation... Try, try that again, Shauna. Here we go, guys. Welcome back. The claim. <laughs> hey, how are you? I missed you. The claim that John Harvey Kellogg created cornflakes for their supposed masturbation suppressing qualities, and more specifically that he prompted the product as such, 
has been online for several years. Several sources have presented that the phrase healthy, ready to eat, anti-masturbatory morning meal in quotation marks, giving readers that impression that those words originated with an actual advertisement for the cereal. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would buy. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I mean, I totally would. I don't masturbate. Again, why? Okay. So in healthy, reality, <laughs> but I would buy it just to have that box in my house. <laughs> Not anymore. In reality, the phrase was never used by Kellogg, nor was it ever used to promote an ad or advertise cornflakes. It originated instead with a 2012 article by Mental Floss. That's funny. I don't know why Mental Floss makes me giggle, but it kind of Mental Floss. Which, which reported that Kellogg developed a few different flaked grain breakfast cereals, including cornflakes as healthy, ready-to-eat, anti-masturbatory meals. So that didn't come about till. Okay, you're saying masturbatory, like, super great. I just want you to know that. Thank you. Because I really, <laughs> like, sitting here, like, I said it really good right there, but I can't guarantee if I had to reread that word but I over can... and over and over again. <laughs> That's the one word. The one word I can get right. <laughs> This is who we are okay, as the people. origins of cornflakes. When the product was first advertised in the early 1900s, it was by then doing. I'm sorry, a dog's eating my hand. It was Shiva. by then being made and marketed <laughs> by the Kellogg Cereal Company, which was run by Kellogg's younger brother, Will, after a rift formed between the two men, partly over the addition of sugar to the. Hardly over the addition of sugar to the recipe. John Harvey um, was against it. Will was for it. And I'm all about it, Will. Give me them Frosted Flakes. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I prefer Frosted Flakes. I, I do. But, you know, anyway. Those early advertisements made no mention of masturbation or sexual activities of any kind. They promoted cornflakes as nutritious and healthful. Nutritious Sorry, and delicious. I've got both girls. Okay, girls. Here, like, how old are Hannah and Shauna? Shauna. It sounded like the hormone monster because that's what's sitting on my TV yes, right yes, now. Yes. Okay, as nutritious and healthful. Emphasizing in particular how easy they were to digest. One of their original uses at the sanitarium the brothers ran in, in Battle Creek, Michigan. However, the Kellogg Company also highlighted the flakes, delicious flavor, and dainty crispness and encouraged consumers to indulge themselves, claiming the cereal would appeal to their sweet tooth and describing cornflakes as good for you no matter how much you eat. Hmm. The supposed, oh my gosh, anaphrodisiac, anaphrodisiac purpose of cornflakes also did not appear on John Harvey Kellogg's patent application in 1895. He instead emphasized the flakes' purported health benefits, describing them as well-adapted for sick and convalescent persons. According to Howard Markell, a professor of the history of medicine at the University of Michigan and author of the book on Kellogg family, the initial impetus, impetus, I don't, it's probably an easy word. What is impetuous? I don't know. A-M-P-E-T-U-S. Impetus? Okay, so, all right, Okay. because I don't want to make mistakes like you did in that one podcast where you wouldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Never going to stop laughing at you. I love you. For the invention of cornflakes came from the need to create a breakfast food that countered <laughs> indigestion, a common health complaint in later 19th century America. You emphasized came so hard. And you just said came so hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. A common health complaint in later 19th century America. 
while also conforming to the strict vegeta veg vegetarian diet of the Seventh-day Adventist church of which the Kellogg's were active members. They don't want no meat. Oh my gosh. So then there's... So basically... <laughs> so the best available evidence shows the Kellogg's cornflakes were created patented... Patented. Yes, there's so many things. Patty pat. Mm -hmm. Remember, you're not supposed to be able to hear that. Did I do here? And marketed as a healthy, easy to digest cereal that would supposedly be appealing and or benefit to everyone. But in particular, people with especially sensitive stomachs, the purpose of dampening the masturbatory or sexual urges appears to have played no direct role in the origins of cornflakes. However, an indirect link exists between the now iconic American cereal and John Harvey Kellogg's own eccentric and at times downright frightening views about sexual health. Hmm. All right. So Snopes goes on and on and on, but basically what it comes down to is it's really not an anti-masturbatory um, cereal, but it's really funny to think that it it should be. And <laughs> I think we should just go ahead and ignore Snopes and say, hey, cornflakes help me to not masturbate. <laughs> and maybe there's a brand of cereal that's like, hey, and these, these this cereal will cause you to not be gay. And let's... <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. Like, oh my god. This cereal causes me not. Oh my gosh. It's okay to be gay. <laughs> oh, it's. Well, there's a conclusion, um, oh. but it's fucking long. So, hey, in conclusion, <laughs> this Snope story is pretty long. And if you want to look it up, by all means, look it up. Um, but it just comes down to it was supposed to be easy digestion, um, a simple cereal um, with little to no cereal. added um, crap and. Um, and apparently because of the way he chose to live his life and not be a sexual human, yep. um, they decided so to add that on. I mean, I mean, why aren't more... Okay, maybe I shouldn't go there. I, mean, I was going to say, why aren't more uh, popes and, and priests and stuff like that? Maybe... maybe. <laughs> as a girl who was raised Catholic, as we, we As we lose some listeners, sorry. You know what? But, but I mean, no, you it. have to... Okay, I'm not saying... I'm just... Nobody has, is in agreement with what they did. So yeah. those who did awful things. So. Oh, but anyway, so there you uh -huh. have it. Cornflakes. Cornflakes. You have my check of approval. I'll trust. I will take it. So on a completely, this is, this is going to be one of our shorter this episodes. It's going to be a More of a so I was sitting here while I was listening and laughing. Um, I was scrolling on Facebook because that's what I do. And we've mentioned, I just saw this right now. Okay. Wildling Wonders Art. Our if friend Mandy. So Wildling, because I'd always say it wrong. Yes. I have the note around here somewhere to remind myself to mm -hmm. not say Wilding. She's like, you're saying it wrong. Wildling. She started her own Shopify to have t-shirts for when she's putting her art. Yes. And I mean, she's more advanced than we are, which, but I'm, we'll We're get there. there. We're getting there. But I'm really excited for the shirt and I really want to get it for both of us. She's got like the, the Raven one or the witches. The witch. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, well, I saw those, but this is one she just posted. Oh, and it's the, she, it, she did a Halloween challenge. Um, her and her boyfriend, mm. um, his name is dystopian. dystopian. He's fucking good too. He's They're both fantastic. Amazing. It's like D I S dot. T-O-P-I-A-N mm -hmm. something like that. If you look at even if you put dystopian all as one word, you're gonna find him. Or if not, go to Wildling Wonders Art. 
And um, you'll find a bunch of his stuff shared on her page. They're both fantastic artists and they're amazing and you need to go check them out. But they, she did like this challenge and she did a hand of the stages of death. Like when you, rigor mortis and then you go to decay all the way to de decay. And on the back of this hat, it's got this hand on the front of the shirt and the back of it says you'd look better embalmed. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I want it. Oh, I see. It looks so cool. It's like, it's just, it's real simple font on the back. Oh, I love it. But then the the hand, I'll post this, but like, it's the hand. Oh, I love That's super cool. You look better embalmed. I like I'm it. Gonna, oh my God. Okay. So, okay, okay, okay. So this will be, there's going to be a whole lot going on. Speaking of embalming. So I was looking. <laughs> no idea where this is going, ladies and gentlemen. No, we don't. <laughs> um, I took Kelly this at work last night and, um. Oh man, I can't remember where I saw it, but where is she at? Um, embalmed two-year-old oh. girl. Um, it's she's. Uh, her name is Ros Rosalia Lombardo. She died in 1918. She was almost two years old. She was an Italian, an Italian child who died of pneumonia, um, from the Spanish flu. And she, they said she's so well preserved. They say it looks like she come like it. Like they think, I think her I saw eyes that on Weird History or something uh -huh. like that. I and I I don't know if I saw it on Facebook or if it was on Snapchat, but um I think it was actually on Facebook. And um but the way the light hits her eyes sometimes it looks like her eyes are opening and closing because of how perfectly embalmed she is. I just think that's kind of a segue from that T-shirt we just saw. But they say it's just oh it she's just it's. So tell them so, what to like. Okay, so the little girl's name is what again? So they can look this up. Themselves. Rosalia Lombardo. So R O S A L I A. Good job. Okay. Lombardo. L O L O M B A R D O. Or you, if you, like, I literally just Googled embalmed two year old little girl. It'll bring up um, this Italian child. And I watched the video and they say they debunked it because everybody's like, we go and see her and her eyes open. But it's just so, like, they say um, the man who embalmed her, um, he tried to sell his embalming fluid in like America, but it like tanked. And so he just took it back to Italy and they just stopped using it. But it works so well that she's been embalmed for over a hundred years. That would and be she, wonderful for science. For, and her, for, her, her yeah. internal organs are all still perfectly intact. So like they just, they didn't take those. Uh -uh, they didn't take them. Nope. So she's in a, you can go and see her. Like she's in a glass um, case on a wooden pedestal I guess sure. you would call it okay. um in a cat in the catacombs in Italy I don't know where at in Italy but it's I'll wow. post I'll add her picture to this Instagram post this is just gonna be a this is a whole lot of babbles <laughs> but yeah so it just I don't know it was so eerie and creepy because they show like a time lapse of the sun hitting her eyes and it literally looks like she opens them and then they close uh-oh please squeakerton <laughs> not yet later I stole squeaker boy so, um, yeah, so there's just been, yeah, I, I thought the Hawaii one was kind of cool because I want to get Hawaiian people to listen to us. Um, I would like people, you know, everywhere to listen to us, but 44 states is incredible. 34 countries. <sighs> that blows my bananas apart. Like what? And the fact that we, on Monday, last Monday, so this is, because this is Tuesday now that you're hearing this or whatever day of the week it is, Tuesday's when it posts. So last Monday we, we hit. 2,700 plays. It was like 2,718. And then three days later on Thursday, we hit, we had a hundred more plays on our podcast and we went to 2,800. And I'm like, 
we're going to hit 3,000 before Christmas, and I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to cry. We might do a giveaway. Merry Christmas. To uh, ooh, giveaway. Yeah, we'll do a giveaway. We've got, I've got plans. Um, I've got some, I got some things. I got some things. I ordered some things to make some. <laughs> no. Sheesh. She's like, I want the squeaker. I'll let you have the squeaker in a minute. Um, I am going to throw, I think I'm going to add, you know what I realized, uh, not last week's episode, but the week before, <laughs> I was like, hey, check out these promos for my friends. And I didn't fucking add them to the episode because I'm a moron. So. Where's your, I need paper. And I know. Write, write me a note. Staple it to my forehead. Um, so there's a pencil. So, um, what I've am been I telling you. <laughs> add. Other podcast promos to episode. <laughs> okay. Um, I I've been I think I haven't really plugged them and I don't I don't think they have like an ad yet. But I list I've binged Weekly Variety. It's these two gals. Uh, I don't know where they live. They're named Kelsey and Tori. Their episodes they're not like super long. They're like maybe some of some of them are about an hour. They've only got 19 episodes out as of right now. But oh my god, I'm obsessed with them. I can't stop listening to them. I was literally messaging them earlier today and I'm like, I'm going to keep telling you guys how much I love you because I always listen to them at work because it's easy just to listen while I work in the back office. And um, I always laugh so fucking loud because I just can relate. <laughs> Kel or yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey's my spirit animal and Tori's zinger is just fucking <laughs> So please go check them out. Weekly Variety, they're everywhere you can find podcasts. I'm plugging them hardcore. I'll probably plug them all the time. But I love them so much. Someone, when I was reading their reviews, someone's like, it's literally listening to like two people. They're from Pennsylvania because Scranton, The Office, my favorite show. Um, they're like, it's like listening to two people from The Office tell oh, stories. <laughs> They're so funny. And they don't have that many episodes, so it's easy to binge. I dropped the toy. I dropped the squeaker. You are not allowed to have it. Not yet. That's not my pencil. But um, so yeah, so go check them out. Um I'm, I'm I am going to add a few more. I only have a handful, so I don't want to do too many all the time because I know we usually have ads with Podgo and whoever sponsors the episode, because those help us earn money. But if you are feeling so inclined and want to help us too. Go to patreon.com slash podcast, or you can just, um, hold on, donate directly through Anchor, which that's on the end of every episode. It says support this podcast and you click that and it'll go to this huge thing and there's 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 a month, whatever you're feeling so inclined. Because like I said, big things are coming guys. We're almost 30, next week's 30 episodes. 30! 30. 30. That's bananas. Mm -hmm. I can barely count to 30. <laughs> <laughs> But like, like yeah. Um, but uh, if you don't want to donate, that's not we get it. That's no, yeah. that's no big deal. And um, we'll we will tell your friends about us. Eventually, be able to try to persuade you a little bit more. Yes, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, like I'm sitting here in my bloody bubbles, podcast teacher and teacher. Be sure to like teacher. and review us. Yes, please. rate and review because that gets us put on podcast lists. Um, even if it's just like. If we, even if we're 999 of a thousand podcasts, we're on. A, it'll get us on the list. Well, we just Apple, got approved for being on um, Pandora. Pandora Music. So, hey. And I usually post our uh, link tree everywhere, and I've added that link in there so you can go directly to our podcast and listen to us on there. So, and we're on at least I think there's like 12 different platforms we're on, but anywhere you know. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review on podchaser.com slash bloodybabblespodcast. Um, if you want to check out 
what we talk about in our episodes. I post I post them on Twitter at Bloody Babbles. I post them on Facebook and Instagram, which is just Bloody Babbles Podcast. If I haven't said Bloody Babbles Podcast enough, I, I think you guys get the gist of it. I mean, <laughs> we're getting a lot more interaction on our Facebook page, so that's kind of exciting. We, yes. um, we're almost at a thousand followers on Twitter. So that's so exciting. That's awesome. Blows my brains up. All right. Like what? Thank you. Really is what we, we mean with love so you so guys. Much. I love and every time it always makes me so happy because we always hit at least 15 plays the very first day our podcast drops on Tuesdays. And um you know, the occasional Fridays. I know I said we were going to try to do that every other week, but you know, life happens. So sometimes you get bonus episodes and sometimes you don't. But you're always going to get one on Tuesday. Yes. Um, I know we're going to, I want to try and, uh, record ahead because I know, you know, it's, it's the holiday season. Yeah. Was, and for those who do celebrate Turkey Day, happy, happy Turkey Day. Day. Happy Thanksgiving. For those who don't, I understand. And you know what? Hopefully you're. I hope you eat your favorite food on that day. Yeah. I hope, and I hope you find reason in general to just be, be grateful and thankful. Yes. 100%. Um, like today, my beautiful sister here, this one that you hear, her beautiful voice, she Hi. bought me some groceries. And I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. My sweet, adorable <laughs> boyfriend cleaned my whole freaking kitchen and dining room. I did not expect to come home. And have my whole freaking good majority of my house clean. House clean and fridge. So your girl is feeling emotional. <laughs> Cheese. I'm feeling very freaking grateful. Like life has kind of been wild for me the last three to four days. And, you know, I'm just appreciating who I have around me. And especially you guys, this podcast has given me so much excitement and life, mm -hmm. even starting with Kelly and then moving uh, Shauna in and everything. And, it's just, it's just been a crazy ride and I just can't wait to see where, it's like, I'm, I'm excited to see where we're going to be at when we hit June 1st, because that's when we started. That's when we dropped our first episode. That's, that's our birthday of this podcast. Hey. So even regardless of what day of the week, every year, uh, June 1st ends up on, we will be re <laughs> dropping an episode that day cool. every year. Sweet. June 1st, Gemini season. Hello. <laughs> Yep, I'm that girl. Cause I'm a Gemini. <laughs> well, my beautiful humans. Um, oh yeah, uh, Fantasy and World Music by the Fighters. They do our intro sound. Go show them love on YouTube. They have amazing hours and hours and hours of music. I have to take my note to remember to add this into the podcast episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> until next time, my beautiful humans. Babylon. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Zach. It's Josh. Zach, do you enjoy video games, drinking, and attempting to solve the world's problems through ridiculous schemes? Uh, yeah. Do you think others would enjoy that? I mean, I really hope so. So do I. So I think you all should come spend some time with us, the Midwest Meltdown. This show was created by these two fine gentlemen here, myself and Zach, when we spent the last 14 years telling each other funny stories, talking about video games, and literally anything else that comes to mind. We wanted to turn our passion for gaming into something that we could share with everyone. So again, follow us, The Midwest Meltdown, anywhere you can find your podcasts. That's Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, Google Pods. Check us out. We'd be happy to have you. Hi, I'm Kim. And I'm Jennifer. We're the hosts of the podcast Inebriated Input. Every other week, we get drunk and answer your questions. 
Whether it's how to handle a breakup or your latest roommate drama or just what you should buy if you're getting a cat, we're here for you. While drinking a lot. And being generally charming and funny. Inebrated Input is available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And you can find more info at inebriatedinput.com. Cheers! Cheers!